This podcast is for you if you are ready for a change, a shift, a transformation in your life about your money. Whatever your path has been, the good, the bad, and the ugly, you're ready to stop fighting yourself, to have more fun, to do more of what you want to do, and be more of who you are meant to be, to become a maven. So let's get started. My name is Melissa Paul, and I'll be your host. Welcome to Dear Money Maven. One of the most common questions that I get is how do I get my spouse on board with our budget? And that's what we're going to talk about today. We talked recently about the importance of having the right plan in place and what makes up a good plan. But in couples, things can get off track so quickly because if you're not the only one managing your money or dealing with your money or has access to spending the money, then it can be really hard to stay on a plan even if it is the most well thought out plan. So let's dig into this a bit because it's a multifaceted process (laughs) because it deals with more than one person, right? So we've already complicated things from the start. So here's what I want you to think about with that plan. Still, the first thing you want to do is make sure that you've got the right plan that works for you and the way that you actually deal with money and think about things. So again, that's a plan that is easy, effective, flexible, and fun. Know thyself, right? If you are a real data person, then having that really robust spreadsheet is going to work for you. You might want to go old school and you're super analog and you just want to do everything with cash and envelopes because that makes you feel more in touch and in control. That's great. Or if you have taken a peek at the training for unbudgeting, which is a way to manage your money without budgeting. And that's what I teach. Either way, select something that works for you. So let's say that you are more in charge of the money in a partnership and you need to get somebody on board. I want to talk first about why things can get off track right from the very beginning. And one of the biggest struggles that couples will have when they're dealing with their money is we come into things and we have different values about money. When you think about this topic in general, and it's so charged with emotion, money means so much to so many people in so different ways, all these different ways, right? And we were all raised about money in different ways. So we've all had a whole variety of experiences out there. And a lot of us end up in a situation where we didn't have a lot of the tools. We feel bad about money. We're dealing with a lot of issues and then bring in somebody in a relationship and expect us to do it better. It can be really, really hard. And in fact, Uh, one in three couples stated as a significant cause of stress in their relationships and money is stated as the number one cause of stress. So we've got a lot of factors working against us in this. But one of the primary things is the way that we value money. So if you have a certain way of dealing with your money and your attitude and your approach and it doesn't sync up really well, with your partner, there's going to be conflict around it. And we need to address this, we need to get into this because we don't want something 
that is as unemotional as money is impacting us in our relationships because of how important they are to us and how often we have to deal with money and how often we have to deal with our partners. So when you're dealing with a plan, so I want to talk about this from a state of you are already in a partner situation. You're already trying to navigate finances together and now you want to get on a new plan. There's some new goal. You want to be going towards something together. You want to be on the same page. There's different things to talk about if you are looking at coupling with someone. That's a whole different topic. But we're going to talk about this as if it's already something that's going on in your life. So the first thing that I want you to think about is the reason why we will fail with this is, again, our values don't align. And two, if we have had not a lot of success with managing our money a certain way, we don't want to keep doing it. So this can set us up. You might be all gung-ho on like, okay, no, we're going to try this new system and it's going to be great and it's going to help us out. And your partner might be thinking, oh, this is awesome. This is when we eat ramen noodles for six weeks and then we get into a big fight and then we say, screw it, and we book a cruise. There's a lot of baggage that goes along with this. So if you or your partner have not had success, you don't have, you don't have a track record of wins in this space, when you go back to doing something that you haven't had success with, you're already setting yourself up for that emotional failure, right? We start thinking, I don't want to do that again. All we did was fight. We, didn't, we weren't able to have any fun and we never felt like we were making any progress. And so you have to be sensitive to thinking about that. If you don't have a track record of success separately and or together, that's going to play a factor in how you start incorporating something new. Now, you can address that in a variety of, of ways. First of all, if you're doing a new system, allow yourself to have a little bit of a ramp up time, but also allow yourself the ability to get excited about trying something new. Understanding that the reason that you are trying something new with your money is very likely because you have a goal you want to accomplish. Whether that's we want to get out of debt once and for all and set us up for success so that we don't go back into debt. Or our kids are getting to the age where we're really starting to think about funding education and we want to be prepared for that. Or I, we want to buy a house and we want to get prepared for that. There's some, typically there's some reason that's driving you forward. If things aren't broken, you're probably not looking to rearrange something. So take a look at that and understand that it may be the reason that you haven't had success in this is you didn't have the right plan. And then when you don't have the right plan and you've got two people, it's very easy to start blaming each other for not having success with something that's maybe just not the right plan for you. It's too complicated. You're trying to manage a traditional budget and neither one of you are like enjoying the whole like data overload that you need to in order to navigate those those spreadsheets. So thinking about all of those things, your values want to be lined up. You want to have a plan that works for both of you. The third thing I want you to think about is give yourself a set period of time to try it. Put a date on a calendar. I recommend to people give yourself a 100-day challenge. 
The reason why it's 100 days and it's not 21 days or something faster and easier is we need to give ourselves a little bit of time to make some progress with our money. And things don't happen overnight. You're going to need to make some changes. You want to have a little bit of time or you've gotten a few paychecks, you've gotten some revenue that's run through this new system you're going to be trying and that you can settle into a new way of looking at your money and a new way of being with your money. That being said, give yourself the out. Don't put yourself in this position where you're trying something new and everything's got to be on fire for in order for you to like quit it. Sometimes you try a new gym and the workouts there just don't jive with you. So like drop the gym and go try something else. The same thing with your money. Give yourself enough time to commit to it, but give yourself an out. A few years ago, when I was making some changes in my finances, I had this like plan in place that I was like, okay, I think this is going to be good. This is when I was developing the whole system that I teach. And my knee jerk reaction was, I don't, I don't make enough money to do this. And I was like, oh, whoa, <laughs> that negative Nancy just showed up again. And, uh, and I sorted through it and I was like, well, I'm not going to be out anything by trying this new system and seeing if it makes me feel better. And I need to give it some time to see if it actually will allow me to achieve more of my goals and make me feel better along the way. And if I get to the end of that 100 days and I actually liked the way that I was managing money before better, then I'm going to go back to it. But I knew I needed to give myself a commitment so that I hung in there but I also had an out so that I didn't feel like I had to resign myself to yet another failure if it didn't work. So I want you to look at that. If you sit down and have a conversation with your partner and you're both in agreement on achieving this next goal that you want to and you've got to create a new plan in order to do it, then look at the calendar or just ask your phone What's the date 100 days from now? Put it on a calendar and that's when you revisit it. But until then, you hang in there and you do your best to stick to the plan. At that 100 days, you get together and you revisit and you say, I don't know, how's this working for us? You're going to know along the way, but having that out on the calendar for couples allows both of you to have a date where you know that you get the chance to put a request in. I don't think this is working. I think we could change this. Or I think this is working and this is awesome, but I think we can amp it up by doing this. It's not that you're not going to be talking about things along the way, but if you don't have that date on the calendar, then every day that you're doing this new system is going to be a debate between the two of you, where if somebody feels like they have to do more work or they're not having as much fun as they had before, then they're going to always be like at you about it until you just roll over and give up. And that's where we can start having conflicts between couples about the topic of money. If you don't have a solid plan in place that's the boss over those money decisions, then the decisions have to be made between two people. And what often happens is the person with the most domineering personality wins. And the other person just rolls over because they don't want the conflict, they don't want the argument, they don't want to deal with the drama. And so they will just try to pull out of that and manage and achieve their own personal goals within their smaller portion. That's not fair. It sets people up for resentment. That's why we end up having these blowouts about money. So 
Those things I want you to have kind of swirling around in your head. Something else that I want you to have in the right order is I want your goals and your values accounted for, but your goals need to drive the plan. And I know that sounds obvious, but let me explain. (laughs) If you look at a traditional budget, traditional budgets are set up by looking backwards in time at your spending habits and then telling you how you need to allocate things so that you continue that pace. What that means is that your goals will be determined by the budget. What I want you to do is put your goals first and the budget comes out of that. Oftentimes that gets flipped. Even if you look at some of the budgeting software or some of the tools that banks will put out there, it's like, okay, start with all of these expenses, 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 all this spending, spending, spending. And at the end is, and this is what you may have left over to do what you wish with. And I want you to flip that around. Because when we're in control, when our budget is being driven forward based on our goals and our values, then we're going to the destination we want to get to. We're not just driving around in circles because that's where we've been before. A budget does a great job of allowing us to duplicate our results that we had last year, but often people want to change things. They want to drive things forward. And I don't want you to have to go and analyze you know, 400 categories to figure out how you can, you know, book the trip to Disneyland for you and the kids. So again, the goals start. They push the budget forward. You make the decisions on a daily basis by looking through that lens that honors your goals first. So you're always walking forward towards them. So here's the strategy that I want you to think about. A, you have selected a plan, a way to manage your money that works for you. So that's the one that we talked about in a previous uh, podcast where we talked about easy, effective, flexible, fun. The way that you manage your money is critical. So the way that you are selecting to manage your money on a day-to-day basis, your plan has to be something that's working for you and your partner. So that's, that's where you start. Like, okay, we got this. Now, the specifics of that plan need to be based on what your current goals are. Where do you want to go? So you've figured out how you're going to do it, and then you've figured out what you want to be achieving with that. What's the reason behind it? If you have a solid, compelling, excited reason behind making these changes that you both agree on, it's going to be a lot easier to stick to it. It's going to be a lot easier to make the decision to take your lunch to work versus going out every day. It's going to be a whole lot easier when there's meaning behind it. There's a powerful reason why, and you're both in concert on the actions. Everybody's on the same page. We're all rowing the boat the same direction. Our goals and our values are accounted for and we're all going the same direction. I want to have a slight side conversation about values and how they play in. Because we'll often talk about you know, our goals, and we think about those real knee-jerk, right? 
what do you want to happen next with your money? I want to make, I want to break six figures this year. I want to pay off my credit card debt. I want to buy a house. I want to accomplish something specific that you know you can assign a dollar amount value to. That's fast, comes up in our brains very quickly, and your plan can account for that. Values are slightly different. You might have a value of travel and adventure. You like it for a whole lot of reasons. You don't necessarily have to say, I need to do this specific trip by this specific time. But overall, you value having travel in your life for what it gives you. That value can be muted short term to accomplish a competing goal. So you might put your travel on hold in order to save up enough money to buy a house because that's your burning goal. That's your immediate goal that you're thinking of. But if that value doesn't get represented in your plan in the future after that goal has been accomplished of buying the house, then over time you will start resenting the goals that you've accomplished. You'll start resenting the house and the expense of keeping and maintaining a house because it's preventing you from your goal or your value of travel. So these need to be balanced together. And that is a robust conversation to have with a partner. And it's an interesting one. It can get challenging if you both are coming into this and you've had negative experiences about it. So it's something to think about. Think about your history. Think about if this is a topic that makes you like sweaty, even contemplating having this, this talk with a partner, it might be something to be doing in a therapist's office where you say, we really want to stop arguing about money. We've got this idea. We want to be incorporating this new plan. We want to get on the same page. Have somebody else guide you through a conversation about goals and values and all of that. But think about this right now. Because if you're feeling frustrated with your money, if it's feeling really overwhelmed and just defeating, it's more of those feelings of, I just never, never going to, nothing's going to change and I never have enough. And those kind of feelings often are because the values that you have are not represented in your plan. If you never allocate any money for your own fun, if every time you go out to do something for yourself, you feel like you are poaching from something else that you quote unquote should be doing. People do this when we're in debt. We, we start saying things to ourselves like, well, I shouldn't be spending any money on that because I should be just paying off those credit cards. Like, yeah, I get the point, right? But here's the deal. We're in this for the long term. And if you're committed and you've got that debt in a plan, allow it to melt over time and allow yourself to invest in your own joy. Have some fun along the way. Just keep it in a plan, right? Two people have very, you can have various values around this. But I want you to, in the back of your head, be thinking about what your personal values are about money. And then find out what your partner's values are about money. Because we want to balance those. You might have a value around security, and to you, that looks like having more money in cash savings because you just 
saw your parents struggle when your dad got laid off and you never want to be in a position where you can't make your mortgage payment. So you just feel better having a bigger emergency fund. Your partner may not value that. And if you don't have the conversation around things, then we get into arguments about that's not right. You shouldn't spend money on that because of this. And it really is not anything about the dollar value or that you can or cannot afford it. It can often be, I don't value coach bags. And so I don't think you should be valuing them either. And you might be saying, I don't value golf trips. And so you shouldn't value them either. That's not a good way to handle things because that's too granular. We needed to back it up and actually see what's going on, what's behind that conversation. I want you personally to start thinking about what, you're going to know what your goals are. You probably already right now, it's like, how can I make $30,000 extra dollars this year? How can I achieve this goal? It's a specific thing, but we don't think about our values very often. And I want you to think about that. Sometimes our values show up in the goals that we have, but sometimes they don't. You might have the goal of wanting to have an increased sense of security around your finances, and you know that that means you want to have more cash on hand. But it's not showing up in that way, so that's where the strain is coming in. So start with you. Start in your circle and think about what your goals are. Make sure that the plan that you have in place is going to get you there. Also think about your values and why that is there. There's various reasons for this. I want to share a side story from my own life. Um, my grandmother was uh, recent, just in the last couple of months, passed away. She was 96 years old. She was still living on her own. She was a total character. And she grew up through the Great Depression. And I knew from... Um, conversations that she and I had, the impact that that had long-term for her and her relationship with money and abundance was significant. You know, she grew up in a time where, you know, food was scarce, things that we can't even really almost imagine now living in the, the time that we have with the amount of uh, access to things that we have in our current society, fortunately. So she grew up through this time. And my grandfather and her had a business together, and she had stories where she had um, cash, like, in her purse from, like, closing out the business for the day, and, um, and she left, like, her wallet fell out, and, you know, there were the, these, like, stories that just still, to the end of her life, when she thought about them, made her feel so horrible about losing that money, because there was this scarcity that was really, I think, woven through her whole life. When my mom and my uncle traveled to her house after she passed away and they were starting to clear things out, my uncle was like, what is in the back of this drawer? And he pulls out and it was this like envelope, kind of like a zipper wallet. It had $11,000 cash in it. And I just laughed because what my mom said was, I don't even know if your grandma knew that was there. That could have been there from your grandfather. They felt better with ca literal cash on hand. They grew up in an era where banks weren't stable. And 
they felt safer having that amount of cash on hand. I personally would not feel comfortable having $11,000 cash in a drawer in my bedroom. It, it, it would stress me out. I'd be thinking about, I'd be thinking about all the time, did I lock the doors? That would not work for me. But I grew up through a different era. So the values around security, we both had that value of wanting security. They just were acted out in different ways. Each of us have thousands of those stories. And you have them, and your partner has them. And since we aren't brought up to have these conversations about money, often those stories are kept hidden. And I want you to look for opportunities to start unearthing these stories. Go into these conversations with a healthy dose of compassion towards yourself and your spouse or your partner and curiosity because the path that we took to get to where we are in life is just it's varied and the impact that our parents and our siblings and our the environment that we grew up in has a lot to do with how we're acting about our money now and oftentimes we can have a lot of shame around it and so we don't want to talk about it but I know this from the people that I've worked with. If you give people the opportunity and the space to talk about this, to think about it, to reflect on their own histories, they come up with the most fascinating insights into their own life and into how they manage money with somebody else. These are all interesting, healthy conversations to have. I want to close this out with some takeaways for you. First of all, I want you to be thinking about what your goals are and I want those goals and those values to be driving the form of the plan that you're taking so that you're moving forward in a way that's going to make you feel better. You're going to feel more energized about it. You're going to be more likely to stick to it. I want you also to be thinking about this greater conversation that you even need to have with yourself. What do you value? What does money give you that drives you forward? Think about that. Journal about it. Talk to a healthy, safe friend about it. Talk to your partner about it. And ask them the same questions. What are their values? What's not being represented in your money right now that you want to see represented in your money? And then look for the opportunities to put that in so that we start feeling less shackled by our budgets and more empowered by the progress that we're making. This is a lot, (laughs) there's a lot of emotion around this topic and the fact that you are listening, the fact that you are willing to have these honest conversations with yourself is a testament to where you're at on this journey. I'm so grateful that you're investing in yourself. I'm so grateful that you are here. And again, as always, I want to remind you, you are worthy, you are doing a great job, and we got this. Thanks for listening. Hey, it's Melissa here, and I have a gift for you. I have an ebook called How to Manage Your Money Without Budgeting, and I'd like to give it to you. Head over to melissapaul.com, that's M-E-L-I-S-S-A-P-A-H-L, 
and download your copy. It'll probably take you only 15 or 20 minutes to read the whole thing. And at the end, you will have a complete understanding of this whole system that I talk about in this podcast. I think you're going to find it really valuable and I'm really excited to share it with you. So head over to melissapaul.com and download your copy today. Thanks.